For most students, the school book fair is always the most exciting time of the year. Kids wait in line for access to books they are eager to open and explore. But in a small room just off from the library and its annual fair is a young man who was about to experience a painful lesson. <laughs> Everyone has a story to tell. We have a bottle of wine and an ear to listen. Welcome to Anecdotal Dote. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Anecdotal Dote, the podcast that celebrates the stories and storytellers in all of us. I'm John Seidenberg, the guy who, with his brother, tried to booby trap his way out of a fight with a group of bullies. And joining us on this particular crime spree is my uh, accomplice, Laura Arnold. How are you, Ar- Laura Arnold? I have so many questions. <laughs> oh, that, that that didn't explain it all for you? What do you... Okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that didn't explain it all to me? No, obviously. <laughs> um, how does one booby trap their way out of a fight? Well... We were introduced to the Goonies a little (laughs) later in life. Um, Same. Probably later than you, but... Possibly. Um, And so we wanted to... We always wanted to be like be the Goonies, where they had all like the cool little um, gadgets and... Well, not gadgets, but like the booby traps and all of that stuff. And we ended up getting in this tussle with some boys who lived on the street next to ours. We were like, yeah, we're going to fight you all. We're going to hurt you all real bad. And they're like, yeah, bring it on. And so my brother and I, like, we were like, okay, we got to put our heads together and make sure that, that we can like best them. And so in our mind, we were like, like in a nineties adventure movie, where <laughs> the bullies were going to be outmaneuvered by booby traps. So I remember we, <laughs> We had this, there was this big tree next to our house, and we rigged a bunch of um, things inside of the tree, like up in the tree. So the plan was, my brother was, I was going to lure my brother, or I was going to lure the kid, the boys, underneath the tree, where my brother would climb up, and then he would start releasing a bunch of rocks tied to strings and have them fall on the boys. And then we had, uh, we had like ropes that we were going to try and like make them trip on and all kinds of stuff. And we were like, okay, this is going to be great. And so the boys came down to fight and, uh, my brother ran up the tree and the boy saw him and tried to climb up after him. And so he had to like rip the rocks down and throw them at him to keep the boys from going up after him. (laughs) Um, and there ended up not being an altercation. We ended up running away from them and hiding in the woods, but because uh, we're cowards. But yeah, it was a real disaster. I it totally just envisioned like in a bug's life where they hide in that tree from the grasshoppers. Oh yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> they stole that from my life story. <laughs> I was a very stupid young person. And I've just continued to prove that as I get older. (laughs) So what is today's theme, John? Uh, Today, we are talking about lessons. So the lessons we've learned in our lives? Oh, yes. Oh, boy. um, What we learned in the the school of hard knocks. (laughs) Um, This is what we are are discussing today. Um, Because I feel like we both probably, uh, because you're... You're a pretty well-rounded, normal human being. Um, I'd say... I like you, to think so. You probably have uh, um, 
Don't know where I was going with that. I'm not sure either. Yeah, the wine kicked in a little early. <laughs> well, that's good. So, um... <laughs> Remember that time I said we were going to be too sober to do this podcast? <laughs> that wasn't a problem. That wasn't. <laughs> Um, so what is, uh, what's one of the first lessons you remember learning in life? I don't know. Do you have one? I do. Okay. But um, you go first. Okay. Um, one of the first lessons I remember learning, this was when I got to, I was, uh, in kindergarten or first grade. I can't remember which one. Pause for wine pouring. <laughs> Since apparently the last time I did that, everyone thought I was peeing. <laughs> it did sound like you were peeing. A lot of people say, were you peeing while you were doing the podcast? <laughs> Instead of logistically thinking. Just, We're all a bunch of lushes. It's all about a bottle of wine. So I remember as a young child, I was in kindergarten or first grade, riding home from school on the school bus. And there were these two girls who were in my class. And uh, they would sit with me on the school bus towards the front. And I remember one day, one of them dared me to kiss them. And so I was not... Um, I had not been broken into the uh, the unluckiness of love that I would experience in my life at that point. <laughs> I was still very confident that uh, I was a handsome boy, uh, as my mom would say, and I was going to... Find love someday. Yeah. <laughs> I knew so much then. <laughs> so uh, I kissed them both on the cheek and was had a big old smile on my face and then they both i the one did not ask for it the other one literally was like you're not gonna kiss us i dare you to um so they kissed us or they i kissed them and then they screamed and told the bus driver (laughs) and then the bus driver turned around and said if you do that again you're gonna be walking the rest of the school year (laughs) so i was terrified and then i sat away from those girls the rest of the time so I guess the hard one lesson there was um, women are dangerous. <laughs> don't don't kiss girls who dare you to, and don't kiss girls who weren't asking for it. That those are very good lessons. Very good lessons, and they have served me well through my entire life. So much so that I don't ever kiss any girls. <laughs> Much to my dismay. <laughs> no more girl kissing for John. <laughs> One of the things I learned pretty young and was like constantly a reminder to me is that life is really short, so don't deprive yourself of the things you want. So growing up, we had this neighbor. Um who lived right next door and he had two kids who were roughly my age. We moved away and we spent most weekends with them and he got diagnosed with uh, a brain tumor. He was in his late thirties when he got diagnosed. He passed away like 10, 11 years ago. He was always kind of my protector. I got picked on because I was the only girl. And sometimes it would really bug me and I would get mad. And he was always the one that was like, this is not okay. So when he died, it was like freaking devastating to like lose my, my like protector kind of. And I was mad about it, but like didn't really understand what was going on. And just like kind of didn't question it a ton until later on when I was like getting older and 
realizing what was happening and I'm going to lose him. Like we all, we all are like his family. Everybody's going to lose him soon. So like take advantage. The brain tumor had taken so much of him. I got to a point in my life where I realized what I was about to lose and had kind of already lost and was mad about it. And I was going to take every second I could to, to have it back. And then, you know, he died and now I can't anymore, but like fight for the things that you care about and like, and tell people you love them when you do. Cause I don't think that I did that enough for him. Yeah. I think, I think we as humans, we're so used to things that are in motion, stay in motion until an outside force reacts on it. I think we have that same thing, like things that are constant in our lives. We expect to be constant forever. And then when that constant is gone, it, it's surprising and it's devastating to us, even though nothing in life is permanent. Nothing in life is, is, is there Yeah. for, for a guaranteed amount of time. Humans are stupid. We take so much for granted. Mm -hmm. Like we take our time with others for granted, especially when they're close by. And, um, think that it's just so easy to spend time with each other, especially when it's, you know, 45 minutes isn't far, but if they're not right next to you, I feel like if they're right next to you, it's easier. But as soon as there's like that tiny gap, that's easy to fill, but enough where you have to plan it, it becomes a thing that you just don't do anymore. Cause you have to put that like a tiny, tiny bit of effort in. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. It's so dumb. It's got dark. Yeah. But then it I, came back to light. I like warned you. That's <laughs> no, good. I, th- I think this episode, I think, I think the show should have a little bit of texture to it. I like it. John, do you have some advice for our listeners to help them with their everyday lives? I do. Don't volunteer for the school book fair. (laughs) Okay. Can I just say, though, that, like, the day in school when you got the, like, catalog thing that was on that really shitty, like, newspaper, but it was all, like, pretty colors. Oh, yeah. That day... Was the best day of school. Oh, yeah. Well, I shouldn't say that. The second best day of school, because the actual book fair was the best day. Um, I was in high school, and the school librarian, our school, K through 12, was all in one building. And so the librarian came up to me and said, oh, John, you're an actor. The school fair is coming in, and they have a mascot. Um, Would you like to to help us out and, you know, get some acting experience. And it's like, oh, sure, that'd be great. Nothing about the fact you're not acting. You're just in a stupid suit. I show up for it, and the costume that they have shipped from the previous school to this school uh, is a, um, the, what is the, what's the big red, the the big dog? Clifford? Clifford, yes. It was a big Clifford the big red dog <laughs> mascot costume. Wait, were you vertical? Um vertical i mean like clifford's on four legs oh no i was standing up oh no no, i was on two legs okay i was i had standards as an actor (laughs) it's important to have it's very true (laughs) have your have your boundaries another rule i love another lesson i learned 
Um, so <laughs> have your boundaries. So yeah. she hands me the little box that has all the stuff in it, and it was like a big head, and then the costume. Give it to me, and I walk in. For those who listen to this, and I don't think anyone listens to this that does not know us, but in case you are a listener who does not know us, I'm a very tall human being. Um, six foot six, I think was the last count. And, um, so <laughs> time you measured yourself. Yeah. Last time I measured myself. <laughs> um, so I go into the room and go to put on the costume and I'm pretty sure it was made for a five foot person. So it's like a foot six too small for me. Wait, but how tall were you then? This is what, At that point, what grade I was, were you in? Uh, oh God. I want to say like ninth or 10th grade. Okay, so you were like pretty close to full grown. For, uh, yeah, yeah, I was I was in the six foot area okay. somewhere. Okay, I was over six foot. Um, so I go to put it on, and like the the fur for the cost for like the arms goes up to halfway up my my arm. Um, so I have like a good six inches from my wrist to where the red fur starts. Okay, can I just say that like envisioning Clifford the big red dog where you should have like paws and stuff <laughs> with like only like a three quarter sleeve and people hands yeah. is creepy as hell. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's very, very tight. Um, I was basically wearing capri fur. Um, and so I remember I was wearing blue jeans underneath of it, which I probably shouldn't have just because it wouldn't have made a freaking difference. Um, so I had little paws and I had little gloves so I so I had gloves covering up my hands, but I had like a good six inches of human skin between red fur on my hands and red fur on my on the rest of my suit. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. So I come out and like the kindergartners are like, oh, my God, this is so cool. This Clifford the Big Red Dog really is Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> so big he doesn't fit in his skin. <laughs> He's lifelike. <laughs> Um, but then, so I'm walking around the book fair, like trying to be like, all like, Oh, I'm Clifford. And all of a sudden I feel my testicles get just punched inside of myself. <laughs> Left turn. I know where the heck did that come what? from? And I was like, what on earth was that? So I'm like doubled over in pain. And like, I, because of the way that the helmet, like the hat was, the, the mask was created, a little hat thing, the helmet head thing. The head. Um, there was like two little pinholes where the eyes were that I could kind of see out of. And I just saw this little blur whiz across. And I was like, what was that? So I stand back up and I'm walking again. And all of a sudden, bam, once again, testicles are being pinatted again. And I was like, what is going on? And then all of a sudden I feel a yank on my back end. Someone has grabbed a hold of my tail and is like rip trying to rip my tail out of my butt cheeks. <laughs> um, there's this little bratty kid who saw me as a life-size pinata and just decided to go to town on me while his parent was over talking with someone else. So I'm being um, like lynched by this little <laughs> kindergartner. <laughs> who is just whacking at me with everything he has in his soul. I don't know what trauma Clifford the Big Red Dog was for him, but he did not like Clifford the Big Red Dog. Clearly. And beat the absolute crap out of me. Um, Little kindergartner taking me to task. So, yeah. Uh, Don't volunteer for your school book fair unless you don't ever want to be able to have children. Not that... Being attacked by a kindergartner would make you want to father children. No. Working with kids is the best birth control. Yeah. So, 
probably can't have kids because uh, my testicles were smashed into pancakes. Also, <laughs> that child was like, mm, yeah, I can wait a while before I have children. Now for our main segment, the anecdotal dote. Here's how it works. I have selected a random word that only I've seen. Your job is to tell a true story based on that word and our theme of lessons. Are you ready for your word? You're looking at me with a little glint of darkness in your eye. So, yes. Banana. I, I learned the hard way that if you create a character based on yourself people will automatically assume everything your character says is based on a true story. Um, I had this idea. I was a big fan of The Office and Modern Family and Parks and Recreation. And so I had this idea of creating a sitcom that was a mockumentary documentary, just like those shows were, based on my time in a small theater department in a small university. And so I wrote this pilot script, a first script for, a, for the show that I called Theater Majors. The basic premise of the show is that Joshua is a playwright who has written a sequel to Romeo and Juliet called Starcrossed. And in the process of it, he wants to play the lead as well as he is the writer for it. In one of the previews for it, um, and it's one of the talking head, head segments of the pilot, um, my character as... I am. There's a lot of amb ambu ambiguity. Am ambigu no, no, now you psyched me out. Ambiguity. Thank you. Uh, there's a lot of ambiguity about my sexuality um, in real life and with the character. Wait, is this one that I've seen? Sorry to interrupt. You've seen the preview for yeah. it. Yeah. You've not seen the whole episode, It's though. the one where you're like, uh, it's just you. It's but me talking like to the camera. of... At the end of it, there at the is. end, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so but it's in, just you talking to the camera about like. Yeah, so in the in the preview and in the Talking Head segment itself, it's I'm listing off, um, like all kinds of, well, he. Why don't we just listen to it? I uh, used to eat bananas a lot, and I'd like to lick them up the side because I like the texture on my tongue. When I was in elementary school. A former classmate caught me wearing a dress in my front lawn and um, I had to tell her that it was for a church play. We were doing Cinderella. One time in band camp, the drum major yelled at me for twirling a flag and said I was a flagget. I was caught wearing my mother's wedding dress and uh, I got an infection. Not from the dress, but uh, they both happened and were really embarrassing. I spent an entire class once wearing a hoop skirt. It was the most stylish and comfortable evening of learning that I've ever had. I have a lot of dress stories, especially when you put them all together like this. Why do you guys need this anyway? Even now, you don't see why people think you're gay? No, if anything, I think it just shows how colorful my life has been. Kind of like a, a rainbow. There it is. Because some of those, some of the stories I told in that Talking Head segment were based on true stories. And, because um, like, I, I did wear my mom's wedding dress once. And I... No, I haven't done that. Yeah, well, okay. Well, good for you. Um, <laughs> she did ask me to once, and I was like, nope. My mom asked me to stop doing that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I wonder why... <laughs> So, yeah, so after I released that 
everybody kept saying, oh my God, John eats bananas like a pedophile. Um, <laughs> oh, and they just assumed, little... <laughs> they just assumed I was a creeper with bananas. <laughs> and it took, and, and I, all the time I was like, no, I don't really, it's a joke. It's part, it's a part of the character I was writing. But then when you also followed it up with, oh, 70% of the stories that I tell in that show are based on true events. Then people are like, oh, well, then the banana thing must be true, too. So I learned the hard way that if you write something based on yourself, they're going to assume all of it is true. Laura, did you know that there is a very shaky study that says our podcast is a cure for the gloomies? I'm not sure that's true. Yeah, people are constantly saying that our podcast brightens their day. So why not spread that cure to your friends and family? Help us reach new listeners by reviewing us on Apple Podcast and sharing this podcast with your friends. Yes, like us on Facebook if you haven't already, and share that page with everyone you know. We have some pretty interesting people from all over the world ready to share their stories with you on this podcast. So get the world, the word, mm, get the word to the world out. Because, you know, if everyone who listens to uh, to us were to tell two people about Anecdotal Dote, think of how many subscribers we could get to. A thousand? We could have as many as six subscribers. Wow! We've got to get to work on that, then. <laughs> <laughs> you read that so work. well! Yeah, no, can we do that again? From the a thousand? Sure. A thousand? We could have as many as six subscribers. Wow! We've got to get work on... No, why can't I read this right now? We've got to work on that then. Jesus. Again. I think I'm keeping all of this. (laughs) Try again. Can we just... Please subscribe so we don't have to keep doing this part of the podcast. (laughs) No, no, no. Do it again. Where are you right now? In the grocery store? Or as I wrote in my script, in the grocery story? Picking fresh fruit for your breakfast tomorrow morning? Look to your right. That person right next to you squeezing the melons. First of all, tell them to stop molesting the produce. And then ask them if they've listened to anecdotal dote. Huh? Make a new friend and help us get a new listener. Everyone wins, especially the melons. for listening to today's episode if you liked what you heard subscribe if you didn't like what you heard still subscribe it doesn't hurt you either way remember everyone has a story to tell especially you so send them in we're excited to listen if you want to get in touch with us like us on facebook or email us thanks for listening we'll see you next week now for our main segment the anal Did I just say anal?